Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast on a Friday, March 24th. It is my birthday, ladies and gentlemen. I must be. I must go out there and say. Is it actually? It actually is my birthday. Yeah. It's my sister's birthday as Happy well. Happy birthday to your sister as well. It's a Happy great day. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, Damar <laughs> wow. Hamlin, and Peyton Manning. All right? Those are the Holy three people shit. I know off the top That's of my head. That's a star-studded day. Yeah, pray for Damar. But, uh... <laughs> We are here to talk about UFC San Antonio, ladies and gentlemen, headlined by Cheeto Vera and Corey Sandhagen. That fight was supposed to take place in the Apex. It is not taking place in the Apex. It is taking part or taking place somewhere in San Antonio, I believe, with the where the Spurs play. That's probably the only yeah, thing they have. AT&T, I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, is that what it is? Uh, the old AT&T, AT&T Center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How could anyone uh, forget that? But we get to see a lot of illustrious and incredibly hyped fights, including Holly Holm versus Yana Santos, not to be confused with Yana Kunitskaya, who is the same person. We have a lot of cards. We have a lot of fights to talk about. Cheeto Vera on the card, obviously. Uh, Manel Kopp getting in there. We got these, this actually, this card is actually, I don't know. Uh, if I had to give it a f- out of five stars, I'd give it like a three, three and a half. It's not, not horrible. We've seen some worse yeah. cards definitely in, in uh, recent weeks. And this isn't that bad. We are going to start at the top though. I guess Ty, I, I just, Talked right through the intro. Ty, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a Friday. Uh, so I'm excited for this card. I guess there's only going to be 11 fights now because Cohen pulled out, or I guess Vidal, Vidal pulled, pulled out. out. Manuel Torres, I think, also pulled out, but I, it's not updated on Tapology. So I'm not sure about that. Hopefully it starts at like 5, push it back so I can watch more. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right into it. Let's get right into it is right. Cheeto Vera, Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen is coming off of a win, a, a pretty uh, religious beatdown of Song Yudong. Uh, it, it was kind of uh, very one-sided. I don't know if he was going to get him out of there if the doctors didn't come in and literally look at this man's cut that was bashed over his – I think it was, yeah, was his eyebrow, or if I mis- if I remember correctly, like where it was like basically about to fall yeah. off. Uh, it was a pretty gruesome cut, but before that, he had lost to Peter Yan, TJ Dillashaw. Cheeto Vera is on a uh, a little bit of a heater here, four in a row. Davy Grant, uh, Frankie Frankie Edgar. He uh, I must call him Frankie Garcia for some reason. I don't understand why I almost did that, but uh, and then you know beating up Rob Font and then the head kick to Dominic Cruz, which was a uh, which a big time statement to get him this fight right here. What are these guys ranked? I, I'm pretty sure I had this up, of course, and then I just closed it out because I thought I wouldn't need it. But it's information you, you could always use. Three versus five, Cheeto Vera being the higher rank. But Cheeto Vera in this fight is the underdog. He is a plus 140 underdog to Corey Sanhagen's minus 165, 170. Uh, I guess, Ty, I will let you lead this off. Uh, I will just say real quick, I am probably... This seems like a fight where I would take the underdog since it's so close, but this number seems a little off to me. I feel like it should be closer to even. What say you? Yeah, I think the problem with, with Cheeto is he he gives minutes and rounds away. He starts slow, and if you look at the Rob Font fight, I mean, you don't, you don't usually see somebody get outstruck by that wide of a margin and still win, especially by a unanimous decision. So uh, I know he dropped him, I think – he got dropped, right? No, he dropped him three times, got taken down. Um, so his, his fights are always just really weird. Like Dominic Cruz outstruck him by 31 punches, uh, uh, significant strikes. And he dropped Dominic Cruz three times. But he also got taken down two times. And I think I think he was down – I think it was 2-2 or 2-1. Uh, 2-1 Frankie or uh, um, Dominic. Dominic, I think. Yeah, I thought Dominic was winning that fight uh, or at least in that fight. You know, you could say it was very even uh, going into right. the head kick. And then, uh, you know, even in the Davy Grant fight, he got taken down. Um, the second Davy Grant fight, I should say. And then in the in the Frankie Edgar fight, he got taken down three times and he got outstruck. But he just has, you know, he, he can neutralize anybody in, in such a quick fashion. I mean, the, the Sean O'Malley fight, I know, is a bit of an anomaly. But that happened so quick, you know, and the elbows on the ground really, I think the first one put him out and the second one woke him up. Yeah, uh, I'm still not sure about that. Maybe he was just like closing his eyes and you know in pain. I don't know, but either way, 
Uh, that's a win for him. Yeah, either uh, way. He came out there, <laughs> lost to Jose Aldo. That was a close, close fight. Um, he lost to Song Yidong. That was another close fight. Uh, he, he actually got a couple takedowns himself. Got outstruck in that. So you know, he eats shots well. The problem is, you know, I don't like to see my my guy, uh, you know, take too many shots. But he has a pretty good striking defense, fifty-one percent offense, fifty percent. Uh, he has pretty good takedown defense. Get some subs. Um, he's not scared. You know, he he dishes out his finishes pretty evenly. Ten submissions, eight KOs. And he hasn't been KO'd or submitted. So I think Sanhagen. You know, there's there's definitely a clear path. Him outstriking him, keeping him on the outside. Even though Cheeto Vera does have long the longer reach. I think maybe even the same. But he's also younger. Age. Yeah, he's also younger, which Fair I did right. not expect. So. I think there is a, you know, I think this is probably the best we're going to see of both guys. I think, you know, Corey is, is looking at a little bit of a head. He's talking about how Cejudo getting a title shot's unfair. He wants to fight Sean O'Malley. Uh, I think, you know, I think if Cheeto wins, this will be huge for him. Either he gets Sean O'Malley or he gets the title shot. I think that's probably for, you know, what's next for either if they win. Um, so it's definitely, you know, a crossroads fight. I don't, I just don't know, you know, I don't know if Corey will be able to put him out, and I think he's going to have to. I think all the finishing equity here is is with Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I think I I could see him finding Corey Sanhagen's chin, uh, neck, I should say, and getting him in some kind of sub. I, you know, the Aljamain Sterling. I know it happened quick, and it, you know he made it look easy. Obviously, Cheeto isn't him, but uh, he does that man. He has some like tall man defense, and you know, obviously, sometimes I, I he puts himself in. It, I don't want to say he puts himself in dangerous situations, but he does tire a little bit. I know in that um, Song Yidong fight, he won by finish, but it started. I think second or third round, he got he got he got stung, I if I so. remember correctly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Dillashaw and Yan fights were close. Um, I just I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is gonna be a really close and just kind of weird fight, and I feel like he should get the decision. And Cheeto, if there's any kind of finish at all, it would be Cheeto. I think I. I think I don't know. I think I'm leaning Cheeto, but I'm not too confident, and that's just mainly because of his style. I do think he can hurt Sanhagen. I think he hits harder. I think he has um, maybe not a wider array of strikes of offense, but I think he just is just so dangerous with everything, even on the ground, even off his back. Uh, if Corey were to get him down or get him in the clinch, I, th- I think Cheeto is just dangerous everywhere. And if Corey Sanhagen doesn't start strong, I think he might be uh, – um, kicking himself in the ass for that, you know, uh, especially the first two two rounds, first three rounds, I guess. Even um, we'll see, we'll see how he does going into a fifth. Has he ever been to a fifth round? Um, I don't know if that Yan fight that wasn't the main event, so no. Uh, the song fight ended after three or ended after four? I think four. So we'll see. Cheeto Vera is just ins- insanely durable. He's got the most finish- finishes of bantamweight history. I believe the um, Sanhagen fight. Or I'm sorry, the Sanhagen fight. The Dillashaw fight did go a full. That fight. went the distance. Yeah, and he lost uh, if I remember correctly, he lost right. Um, and I believe TJ kind of took it at the end. So, and also TJ was really. I mean, what do you have? Torn ACL or blown ACL out during that? Yeah, <clears throat> and he fucked his chin up or jaw. Or no, did he fuck his eye up or something? His eye was like Maybe basically not. closed. I'm pretty sure. Right, right if I remember. And so you know, I do like Corey Sanhagen, but I, I just I don't love him. I don't yeah. love him. I, I you know when even going back to the split against Lineker and, and the decision against a Suntown, who I thought was kind of past at that point. Um, I, I you know I didn't think he fought really great competition before all these guys, but now he has. I mean, you know, look what he did to Cheetah, uh, Marlon, Marlon Marais, and Frankie Edgar. So it's there for him. I just I think Marlon Vera is a very different different test, and I think he's going to get it done. I mean, you know, maybe Marlon Vera wins the decision. I I wouldn't bank on it. I think he's. Four and seven in decisions. Um, the last one was Rob Font, and that I don't know even know how that went the distance. So um, yeah, I don't know if Corey Sanhagen will be able to take all the punishment that Cheeto has, unless Cheeto, uh, I guess, gets neutralized. And I don't know if Corey has the striking output and the the ceiling to really do that to him. But I guess we'll see. Cheeto does really well as an underdog, um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cheeto money line. Yeah, I think I'm with you, uh, and I think. The reach, it's crazy the height being that much of a difference, and then but the reach is, you know, on the side of Cheeto Vera, which is insane. Just goes yeah. to show you how much of a freak Cheeto is. I think a big factor in this fight is going to be the leg kicks. I think Cheeto is going to the neutralize the distance by just firing attacks on the leg kicks, and it'll, it'll be up to Corey Sandhagen, probably going to switch stances and do a lot of, of stuff like that to, you know, somewhat keep that at bay or neutralize it. I really... 
I'm with you on the fact that I just don't know how Corey Sanhagen wins this fight other than, I guess, maybe outpointing him or just keeping this at distance. But even then, I just I struggle to see how he's able to do that for 25 minutes. Yeah. I think Cheeto is the better on the ground. I think their striking is very similar. I think Cheeto throws stuff with nasty intentions, and I think that he hurts people. And I don't really, for the most part, see Sanhagen hurting people other than you know, knocking out, what, Frankie Edgar and stuff like that. I'm not saying anybody can get knocked out and anybody can hurt people, but I, I just – it's more of a, a regular occurrence for Cheeto Vera to hurt someone and uh, to yeah. – I mean, I just – I see this fight a lot. If – basically, in my mind, if, you, if Sean O'Malley couldn't keep the distance on Cheeto Vera and, like, you know, and that leg started to get chewed up. I don't see how Corey Sandhagen's doesn't. He's not going to start wrestling. It's not really, That's not really a Corey Sandhagen way to re- – and if he wrestles, I, nope. I don't like Cheeto Vera. I don't like his his likelihood of winning with Cheeto Vera on the bottom, throwing up all I sorts of crazy Cheeto, submissions, right? Like, Yeah, I think he subs him, reverses him, does something. Uh, he 20% takedown accuracy for, for Corey Sandhagen in the UFC. 63 defense, not very good. He has been taken down uh, in two – of his last three fights. Cheeto has been taken down in his last four fights, but he also has seven knockdowns in his last three. I just think he's so dangerous. He can just flip a fight on its fucking head out of nowhere. And, you know, I think Corey will... I, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if after two or three, Corey's up. But at the end of the third or the end of the second or, or at some parts, as it gets extended, he starts to look a little shaky. Yeah. Maybe one of those head kicks or wheel kicks starts to land. Maybe... You know, he's got he's he's very tall. Maybe those calf kicks that Cheeto likes to throw starts to slow him down. Yeah. So I just think all around, like you said, it should be close to it. Like pick him. Like the Preston's Preston Parsons Trevin Giles fight, very much lower level, but that that's a pick him, and that that should be. And I think this probably should be too. But I I understand. I mean, Cheeto's lost more rounds than he's won in in recent memory ish, uh, and you know some of them, Frankie Edgar and Dominic Cruz, they're past it. Both of them at the same, you know. Um, even Rob Font a little bit. All the damage he's a he's accrued in the last couple of years. Davy Grant's old. Uh, Jose Aldo, I guess at the time wasn't on his way out, but kind of was at the end of twenty twenty. Um, and that fight, real quick, was more of like Aldo got his back or got yeah, like got his back. I think Jose Aldo one. would it would do bad things to Corey Sanhagen. Not now, not this current Jose Aldo. But, but that you know what version I mean? like, of him would have too. Yeah, I I just think that like that fight was like he held his back and just prayed. Like it was like a yeah. I I think I had Aldo that night, but it was like where I, I left that thinking like Aldo wasn't the better. Like I didn't think that like wow, what a performance by Aldo. It was like wow, we were lucky to get that Vic. It was more yeah. of like an IQ experience win as opposed to like his overwhelming ability and just got he out out you know outmatched him. I just think Cheeto Vera is it's very hard to outmatch him skill for skill. And that's that's where my money line pick comes from as well. So And he's had twenty one fights in the UFC compared to Corey's eleven. So, you know, I I don't know. He's 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 went through a lot. Not that Corey hasn't, you know, taken some L's. Uh what is he at four, right? I think. Four. Yeah, he's so, fifteen and four. He has been subbed. He got subbed once, but um when he lost that Jamal Emmer's fight back in the day Think he let his back get taken a couple times as well. It's not something you want to do against Cheeto Vera. You give him a, like a little bit of uh, a little bit of room, and he's gonna he's gonna take advantage. So just just for that, I'm going to take Cheeto Vera. I like taking underdogs in main event spots. I feel like sometimes they get uh, undervalued. So lock it up. I really like him inside the distance too, but I'm not going to take it on here. But I would like. I to do too. Too. That's plus two. I do too. I do too. But like you know. If he, he wins some like close, <laughs> he wins a close decision. Not easy to finish. Like he's right. I mean, you, you can point to the Aljamain Sterling fight, but like we both said, that's kind of like a freak yeah. Aljo is a bit different. Yeah, and then that was like yeah, that was crazy. He, and that like, was like a prospect versus prospect kind of fight. And to he kind of really... like spun and like got caught in a bad position and just kind of got choked yeah. out. Like I just I like, would be interested to take Cheeto plus five seventy five by sub um, TKO is plus three twenty five again. I you know. Depends what he wants to do or what he goes for or what's available. You know, I think Corey can be hit. I think he can be kicked. I think, you know, for sure. But um, plus 575, not bad for Marlon Chitovera by submission. But just for the, just for the hell of it, I'm going to take him by straight up money line. Yeah, I think that there's enough value there where you don't have to uh, play. But I really do would implore the people if you're looking for a prayer. I think 
I think inside. Oh, I, I have a good prayer you. later. Yeah, I no, can't wait. We got plenty of prayers coming in. We're, we uh, uh, the boys <laughs> we are, need all of them. The boys are down units this year, guys. We, <laughs> we had a, such a great end of the year last year, and we were just getting cooked to begin this year. Yeah. So, but guess what, guys? It is it's it's the first quarter of this game. All right, we're not even fucking close to the end. All right, we're just yeah. we're we're like the the uh, the Showtime Lakers. Stop r- rough first quarter. You guys are up. You know what? You up ten points on us. Here we go. Yeah. We're gonna bring out the three yeah. quarter court press. We're coming, baby. <laughs> So, We're the anti-2022-2023 Chicago Bulls who uh, start hot in the first quarter and then just completely melt down. Exactly. Uh, unless they play the Sixers like the other day. But They scored two points in the first ten minutes. <laughs> but, uh, how about how about our co-main event, man? What, what, a, what a barn burner, huh? Uh, it's amazing. Holly Holm has the greatest agent of all time. Or they just, She just got a new deal. She got a new six-fight deal 40, at the age of 42. <laughs> 41, 42. 40. Yeah, like, Jesus. That makes but sense. But she's getting a good matchup. She's gotten good matchups, I think. For the most part, um, yeah. And she's, and she's comported herself well in these matchups. The Aldana win was really good. I was big on Aldana, and I was kicking myself in the ass for that. But most of these fights have just been shitty and boring. Oh, the Ketlin Vieira fight yeah. wasn't good. Um, I believe she did lose that Ketlin Vieira fight, if I recall correctly, even though it was a split. It was close, but yeah, she had yeah, lost. Kind of gross, but the thing with Yana Santos, formerly Yana Kunitskaya, I just I, I've never really seen it. <clears throat> I've never really seen the hype with her. Um, she had a couple of regional scene losses. Uh, you know, making your UFC debut against prime Chris Cyborg is it's not not something that should happen. Um, but you know, losing the tiny Everett twice by submission in Invicta, um, getting knocked out by Aspen Ladd, uh, getting smoked in the first round by Renee Aldana, who hits hard, but still, you know, getting finished as much as she gets finished. Uh, what is she? 14 and 6, and she has three, two sub losses, three t, uh, TKO losses. That's bad, man. Five or six losses by, by finish. Uh, you, don't like, you don't really see that often. I know I, I don't think Holly Holm really gets finishes anymore. I mean, the last finish she had was what? Betch Cohea? You know, that, yeah. that took. That don't, that, it, was, it was just the Rousey and Betch Cohea fights. Um, what other UFC finish does she have? She doesn't. <laughs> so I think this is going to go exactly how. Almost any Holly Holm fight will go. She's going to push her up against the cage. She's going to grind on her. Maybe get it. Honestly, maybe get a takedown or two. I think she's honestly became has become like more of a wrestler in her later years. Um, I just I think Holly uh, Yana Santos. I think she's just. I know she's eight years younger, but yeah, um, she she hasn't really looked good in her last fights. You know, I know. And she's coming off the um, baby, isn't she? Yeah, she just had a kid, right? So and she hasn't fought in almost two years, basically. Um, yeah. Since the Poirier McGregor three card, I know you were uh, you remember that night. Oh, I remember very well. So I just I can't t- also her nickname Foxy. Not a fan. Uh, the preacher's daughter, I think, gets another win here. It's kind of a wide line, but also not really. I just don't think there's value in Yana at all in any fight. So I don't see value yeah. on a- anything across the board. Holly decision, I think, is probably the, the Minus best. One twenty, one thirteen. Right, and you know. What if she gets a sub? What if she gets a finish exactly. because Yana just quits? So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay away here, but I think Holly should comfortably, comfortably win. I, honestly, I would parlay her. Um, her age does scare me because I, one day she can just get get destroyed and, you know, make a bunch of mistakes that she wasn't making a year or two ago. So, but until then, uh, I need a better matchup to, to fade her. Yeah, I like Holly Holm as a parlay piece. I think, like you said, it, it, there's very the thing that stay, keeps me from uh, betting the decision is the fact that you just labeled it. Yana has never really impressed me. She coming off the baby. She has she's been finished a lot, and Holly Holm definitely could catch her with a head kick or something crazy where we're not expecting it, or just wrestles her and takes her down and smashes her against the fence, and we're just like, what? Uh, where where was this? And it's because yeah. Yana is just not. On that level, I mean, when plus three twenty, she got for destroyed home. by Aldana before the baby. I, you know, I yeah. don't. I, 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 I don't. Was know. Two years ago, yeah, and that's against somebody. I know, you know, matchups, MMA math, but Holly, uh, Holly neutralized Renee Aldana very well. You yeah. know, she made sure she couldn't get off any of her strikes, especially her, her, um, her punches in the boxing range. So, um, also Holly Holm, one of the, I think, uh, kind of hard to explain. I feel like she might be overrated. By people because of the Rousey knockout, and you know you see that happen, you think she's going to be like the best ever, and she's kind of just not. But she's also a boxing Hall of Famer who's currently fighting in another sport. I don't think she's going to be a UFC Hall of Famer, but she's she's going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. She already isn't for uh, the upset win 
I would assume. She might be. So it's kind of very impressive um, career for her. And she's still, you know, I I don't want to say old, but she is old. She's in her 40s. If you're in your 40s fighting, especially at a high level, you're getting co-main events. Hell yeah. Even in weak divisions, even against weak opponents. I don't care, man. That says something about you. Even with the promotion backing you and, you know, supporting you no matter what. um, It's still impressive. So shout out to her. Uh, I want to bet on her in this spot, but she's not really a profitable fighter. I think all of her profit came when she fought Betch Kohei and uh, Ronda Rousey. So. Nate Landwehr, Austin Lingo. Nate Landwehr is a minus 220 favorite in this one. Austin Lingo plus 170. What I, I, Do you like anything here? This is a this is a weird line. I mean, I mean, we really don't know much about Austin Lingo, and Nate Landwehr is very untrustworthy for a minus 200, 225 line, I would say. I, I, I guess, do you like anything here? Can, I can be convinced. I'll just say that, but... I mean, I, if anything, I'll tell you right away. My lean is Nate Landwehr inside the distance, but I don't know about that. What, what, what do you say? Yeah, I feel like that's probably a good play. Maybe the under. Um, Nate Landwehr has only been a favorite in the UFC once, and I believe it was against. I believe it was against Herbert Burns and um, or um, Julian Arosa. Actually, no, was it against Herbert Burns? I think it was Herbert Burns, um, and he got he got smoked, absolutely smoked. Um, and then the Julian Arosa fight, brutal, brutal, brutal uh, flying knee in like a minute. Even the Onama fight, like at the very end, you know, Onama was like a walking corpse for, you know, a good part of that fight. And then he started coming back. So Nate Landwehr is very fun to watch for sure, you know. But I think the odds makers making him an underdog almost every time says a lot about him. You know, uh, he's just too hittable. He's getting old. Again, he does well as an underdog. But that's That's tough to really... Um, you know, factor into a guy's skills and, you know, his opponent's skills and whatnot. Um, the Elkins fight, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't great. Darren Elkins is, was done, I think, right? After that. I think so, so. I mean, either way, he's towards the end of the rope. Uh, two wins in a row, for sure, but I don't know, man. He, he's definitely, I think he has skills. Like, he can, he can win. I think he only has one submission, but he has some crafty shit. He uh, he can go deep into fights. Austin Lingo's cardio is a bit of an issue, so I think that could could be honestly the thing that swings this fight in Nate Landwehr's favor if it gets a little weird. Austin Lingo does train at Fortis MMA for what it's worth. He's had some time off. Um, he got taken down a lot by Eustace Alal. Uh, Kilburn and Saldana fights, sure, you know he won, but um, I don't I don't know I, I don't know enough really about him recently. I know. Uh, I don't know if he had a kid recently too, but I think Nate Landwehr, Nate Landwehr has just you know seen seen guys like him. I don't think Lingo sucks at anything, but I don't think he's really good at anything specifically. You know, he's kind of just like a a basic featherweight. So uh, for that, yeah, I'm going to go Nate. Big tag. Like I can see why you would take Austin Lingo just because. Why would you not bet against Nate Landwehr? Um, but I'm I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away, but I would I like Landwehr inside the distance plus 140, but I don't know mu- enough about uh, Mr. Lingo or trust Mr. Landwehr enough to take anything on this fight. So, so now we move to oh boy, Andrea Lee and Macy Barber. This is I gotta say this is probably one of my bigger uh, not favorites, but ones that I like on this card. I think Andrea Lee is a fraud. And I've thought yep. it for a long time. I mean, her wins against what was it? The the, the fake Shevchenko, and then she had another <laughs> win that I was when I was doing my research. And of course, I always Cynthia Calvillo exactly. She, quit. she she was begging to quit in that fight. She literally that's what I'm saying. Like her her wins. Sorry, to cut you off. Her wins in the UFC in general, even when she first started. Veronica Macedo at the time, who was very green. Ashley Evan Smith. I mean, come on. Uh, Montana De La Rosa. Come on. And, you know, she was in close fights with Murphy and Wood, but she lost them both. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think she's that strong. She gets bullied a lot. And again, somebody like Macy Barber, who is strong and bullies people a lot. Yeah. Tough, durable. Also, Andrea Lee, man, she's, she's been, um, she's been finishing the third round before. And, um, Macy Barber has third round finishes. She also turned up against Alexa Grasso in the third round. Um, <laughs> I think Macy Barber is the safe play here. I guess, you know, Texas judges, the cute little blonde from Texas with the cowboy hat on could sway things. Sure. 
But I don't know, man. Andrea Lee, she, she looks like she's she's hell on wheels, or she's just tough to get a to to win that first round against. Other than that, though, um, she struggles defensively on the ground, standing in the clinch. Her cardio is an issue, and I think this fight's going to kind of go down similar to how the Vivian Arujo one went. So I like Macy Barber here. My sneaky prayer shot down the field, hail mary, third and thirty-five play is Macy Barber in round three. Um, I would say T, uh, like TKO round three. Uh, I believe she's plus sixteen hundred for that. You're not putting that on the card, are you? Are you? Uh, in round three, in general, she's plus fourteen hundred. Um, I might, I might put a little, a little small one, a small unit on. I'm not going to put a full unit on it, obviously, right? But um, yeah, I think I want to take her inside the distance because plus three hundred. That's what I'm taking. I think she, I think she could wait way on her, but um, yeah, I'm going to do a small little shot. On uh, round three at plus 1,400. All right. Uh, I can technically not put that on the card because we only do full unit plays, but you heard the man, guys. Yeah. He wants that third round. That is a nice, uh, it's a nice play. I like that. I am going to officially take Barber inside the distance plus 300. I oh, just yeah. think – I think Andrew Lee's a fraud. So that, that's basically where – Plus she's not – what is she, 34, right? She's not young. Andrew Lee is – Jeez, math is hitting me hard here. Yeah, she's thirty six, I think. If I, I mean, I, I my looks like I, you're uh, a couple of years off. But, hey, you know, uh, what, way, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? She's thirty four. She so that's pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, dude, Macy Barber only being twenty four is like kind of mind blowing to me. But um, I know Andrew Lee's taller and has a longer reach, but I don't, I don't know if she like uses that. Maybe in the, again, maybe in the first round. But I think as this fight goes on, I think a split. Or a majority could happen with with these ladies. You know, they've both been involved in multiple splits. But ever since the the fluke L against Roxy and and her knee I guess was you could say she, I mean, I, right? I guess you could say she didn't win the Miranda Maverick fight. But honestly, I I don't know. I think it was close either way. You know, um, people screamed robbery, but I think if it was any other woman, if, if it was Andrea Lee who got the split win, they wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. So, um, and then ever since then, Jess Guy, Montana De La Rosa, she took care of them as, as she should. So, uh, um, yeah, I like her inside the distance. I like her any any kind of way you want to take her, parlay piece, whatever you want. I'm in. I'm going to take Macy Barber inside the distance. I just like uh, – and I think Macy Barber is a good parlay piece to maybe play with a Holly Holm. And, you know, as we go through some of these other ones, you can uh, find some people to match her up with. How about Manel Kopp and Alex Perez? This is a – Somewhat big flyweight battle is happening towards the middle of this card. I mean, you have a number six versus number nine, and the winner of this fight could really be setting themselves up for a, a title shot. You know, maybe with one more fight or even, you know, luckily get in there against, you know, depending. And maybe if Alex Perez were to win, he would get the next one. Who knows? You know, it's really just this is a this is a big one. And we've been Manel Cop fans for since he's been in the UFC. He's let us down a few times. Uh, basically just off of not finishing people and losing split decisions to Nicolau and Pantoja, which were close fights. But I guess I will ask you, as I pull the odds up, who do you like here? I like Manel Kopp. I've been a fan of Manel Kopp. I like his uh, addition of a threatening ground game. I believe it was at Dvorak he fought last time where he was, you know, he should have probably got Dvorak out of there and he had heard him multiple times in that fight, but Dvorak's tough, and he just continued to outlast. Uh, but I like, he's throwing triangles up. He was threatening a lot of shit from the bottom when he got taken down. And Manel Kopp, yeah. for the most part, is going to have the advantage on the feet in every fight that he's in. So I guess I'll ask you if you feel the same way. Minus 180 for Manel Kopp, plus 145 for Alex Perez. Yeah, I like Alex Perez here. Um, I think he might Do be the best really? wrestler I think he might be the best wrestler in the division. Wow, uh, com- completely. As the I know he, he he went back in an interview and was talking about the Pantoja fight and was like, "Yeah, it's the first time I ever got fucking run through and flatlined." And you know it happened. And I think uh, Pantoja has some of the best jujitsu in the division and just in the UFC in general. Yeah. So I don't, you know, his last two losses were to who? Him and Figueredo, right? Both both early, both first round, both sub. Um. I just I don't I don't really care about that. Uh, what I care about is all the cancellations. I care about the inactivity. Um, he just he had a kid recently, so I don't think it was it was it wasn't Austin Lingo unless he did too. Uh, it was Alex Perez who had a kid recently, so I know some people are using that against him. I feel like that might might uh, you know encourage him and and motivate him. Who knows, right? Who knows what it does? Maybe he doesn't care. I know he has like a side business, but 
that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean much. I don't think he's just going to quit. He's 31. Uh, he's had a couple, was a couple years, right? Maybe not. I guess the Panthers are fighting. Nah, not even a year. So. Not even a year, yeah. He's, he's had a, a little bit of time off. He was a big favorite against, not a big, he was a slight favorite against UCR Formiga uh, before he lost to Figueredo, and he knocked him out with leg kicks, finished him with leg kicks. So, you know, he's got really good, really good low kicks, good short hooks, very active, high volume, high pressure. Uh, Manel Kopp, just very inactive. That's the one I thing know. I don't like about him. Starboard. Very low, very low output. He started his career in the UFC off, you know, not a great start. I think the transition from Ryzen to UFC, where you can you can wear shoes in Ryzen, to now, you know, obviously is a big, big, big difference. I think that uh, you know kind of threw him off a little bit. But you know, like you said, he, he's working some subs. He's pretty good offensively. I just worry about him defensively. I think yeah. he can get. Get, I think he's been subbed before. He's been knocked out before. Um, you know, even in Ryzen, he's had some some tough tough fights. Uh, he is fast. He hits hard, but you know, he doesn't cover high high volume, high prices, high price tags. He's been a big favorite before, and he's kind of you know disappointed. Um, you know, the Ode Osborne fight was a little up in the air until he got that flying knee. Um, so I think just for that, you know, Alex Perez he he does quit. He has five sub losses to seven sub wins. But man, I just see him kind of doing what we did to Jordan Espinosa. He did Jordan Espinosa with like not even the same side arm triangle, and he choked him out to sleep. Yeah, bad. Uh, he's he has plenty of coaching experience when it comes to wrestling. Um, so yeah, you know, even and before, the Benavides loss was bad. You know, getting getting ground and pounded by him, not, not great. So I think I do see a clear victory path path to victory for Cop. But I don't know if you know maybe he lands the one the one shot after a couple boring minutes, but. I think Alex Perez is going to utilize his wrestling, utilize his grappling, and maybe Manel Cobb tries to throw something up. Maybe Manel Cobb tries to do something he shouldn't do, makes a critical mistake, and then Alex Perez takes his neck, and he wins by uh, some kind of choke. Maybe a, he has an anaconda, he has a Darce, he has a Bravo choke, um, guillotine, arm triangle from the wrong side. So I think he's going to get some kind of choke and get him out of here uh, by submission. I got Alex Perez by submission at plus 350. I'm giving you plus 500 on here. All so right. Even better. <clears throat> I think the, for the same reason you think Perez is going to win uh, with the wrestling and the grappling and the just the forward pressure, I think that that's going to lend to Manel Kopp landing that strike and getting him out of there because he's going to be forced to, you know, put output and have some action because usually he's the one chasing the other guy and the guy's backing up and he has to track them down and he's good with kind of just – controlling the octagon and throwing his one or two strikes every 30 seconds. I think in this fight he's going to be forced to actually throw down. And I'm hoping that I am on the right side of this. I'm going to take Manil Kopp inside the distance, plus 110. So there we are. We keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that is – no, there is one more fight on the main card. We have Chitty and Jukani. Chitty, Chitty, Bang, Bang. He's getting in there against Albert Durayev, uh, which neither one of us are big. I mean, what a sick – Sick topology picture that Mr. Durayev has. He is one of the better ones. Standing in front of the uh, Mercedes. What is that? Was that a Mercedes? Well, you know, just with the suit on, ready to go. Look, looking, you know, trying to beat uh, Mr. Finland, uh, uh, Mark Wanamir Kani in his picture. Although that will always be the best picture on topology. How about this one? I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't like this one at all. I don't, I don't have it. I mean, Injukani is minus 155. Durayev is plus 130. Injukani. Should I mean, on first thought, Injukani should get him out of there. He should he yeah. should find a strike because I don't think Duraev is that good and that good of a. We don't like Duraev around here. No, that's all I know. No, he's not that good of a wrestler. He's not that good. I mean, he can grapple, but it's like twenty two percent takedown percentage. Yeah. Uh, he struggles to really get it. The thing with Chidi, I don't know how how legit his black belt is, but he's getting better, right? You know, his brother. That's one thing that always. Uh, was really just his bugaboo. He he never improved his wrestling or grappling. Anthony Andrukani, Chidi has. He's also born. He's born in Dallas, so I think he's gonna have the crowd behind him. I think he's gonna be motivated to put on a, a strong performance after that uh that brutal loss that he took. I guess it wasn't even brutal because he he did okay at times against RoboCop. I, yeah. I just didn't think he you know I think Ro, RoboCop's just more talented, skilled, all around better. Um, but you know before that he put Mark Andre Barrio out out. Dusko, he struggled with a little bit, but when he got back to his feet and got Dusko where he wanted to, he fucking elbow- elbowed him to death. Um, and he has experience getting late finishes. Even the the contender series fight, third round finish, 
uh, the last LFA fight before he came to UFC, second round finish. Um, he, you know, he has he has plenty of experience outside of the UFC. He was in Bellator for a while. I think he was um, five and three in Bellator. He was in LFA. The problem with Duraev, I, I feel like Duraev has a clear clear path to victory here. Take him down and either ground and pound or submit him. He has nine submission victories, um, and he's never been submitted. The problem is he doesn't. He's not really great at wrestling, right? He didn't try to wrestle Joaquin Buckley. Um, Joaquin Buckley beat the shit out of him, completely shut his eye, and it didn't take many shots to do that, right? He didn't throw much volume. The Roman Kopilov win was was pretty good. Uh, the Kyle Bittencourt contender series fight, that guy stunk. He he had no he didn't know what to do on the ground. So yeah, that guy was lost. I, you know, Drive hasn't really fought guys. You know, he's been knocked out on the regional. So he got knocked out by Ramazan Amiv many years ago. Anatoly Tokov smoked him. Uh, some guy named Evgeny Fomenko. I know this was a lot a while ago, like 2012, 2013, but uh, as we saw very, very recently, he can still get hit. He can still get, you know, his, his eye marked, his face marked up, and he's not young. He's only getting older. I know Chidi's not young either. Neither guy has good cardio. So I kind of want to just take the under. I, I'm I kind of want to just take the under. You know, Dariyev, man, he gets hit with so many low kicks, and he like kind of like it doesn't fold necessarily, but it throws him off balance a lot. I've noticed that in in uh, in his fights, which I don't like. Chidi throws everything with with dangerous intentions. He has been submitted a couple times, um, but I think it's been a while. I think since John Salter did it in in, in Koroshkov back in Bellator, that was like five years ago, four years ago. So I think he's gotten a lot better in that in that category. Um, you know, I, his striking all around is good. So I think Dariyev, it's just very messy, you know, very very messy. And I think for that reason, um. I think for that reason, I want to take the under here. Under one and a half is minus fifteen. Uh, it doesn't show minus two and a half or under two and a half rounds. That's minus two sixty five on here. Yeah, so I think I think the one and a half might be good. Uh, I think it. I don't. I don't even know if it finishes the first round or how often it finishes the first round. To be honest, um, I'm going to play the under here. It's it's a fifty fifty toss up with the over. So I think that's decent value because I think it could get extended if if Derive wrestles, which would be uh, which which would suck, but I think if he wrestles and gets it, you know, uh, does well with the wrestling, I think he might be able to finish Chidi. So I think Chidi, I'm going to pick him to win by knockout in the first, but I could see Derive getting his way with him on the ground if he gets if he gets it there. Uh, you know, uh, Chidi's big, so you know if he swings and misses, he might overextend, and that'll be a perfect takedown opportunity for Derive. But we'll see. Derive is not very smart with his like, fighting IQ. I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like what they saw from Chidi and thought he was just kind of like a fluke. But I think he's he's okay. He's not he's not as bad as people say he is. I like Injukani round one plus two forty. I think everything wow. you said is basically what I believe as well. Uh, big time fade Duraev, cool ass picture, but he I just think like you said, Chidi throws everything with nasty intentions. Him to win by TKO in the round one is plus two eighty. That's not enough for me to, you know eliminate my chance of a crazy sub or something like that to happen where he jumps in and didn't uh was it Injukani or somebody else who like jumped on a guillotine and then lost afterwards because I think it was him. He had it but didn't really have it. Right against you know, was that against Robocop? Yeah. Okay. It's not something he should have done. Or uh, maybe it was Dusko. I think it was Robocop because it was pretty recent. You know, not something he should have done, but he, he he tried it and he thought he had it and he kind of had it, but uh guillotines in general are very hard to just pull off. You know, yeah. especially when you're, you know, if you're not a multiple degree black belt, it's very hard. But I think, you know, he's shown that he can, he's well, he's he's trying to make his game more well-rounded. But there's just so much, you can, only so much you can do. And I think Chitty has been in there with much higher level of competition than, yeah. than, than Mr. Dariev has. I think, you know, especially his time in Bellator fighting guys like John Salter and Rafael Carvalho and... Um, Korshkov, you know, it, it's even Falfilaho over there, which Falfilaho has come over to the UFC and turned into a knockout, you know, getting knocked out machine now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's just ready to throw down at all times, but I just think that stuff like that is just going to tend to lead towards, I mean, and, and Jukani, all of his, you know, UFC finishes are inside the first round pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, elbow. I think he's going to have a good opportunity to really just throw something powerful, kicks, uh, a low kick to set up like an overhand right yeah. or a straight right or something. He's four inches or th- four inches taller, five-inch reach advantage. Again, maybe he overextends. Maybe that helps Derive get his takedowns because I think, you know, if he just shoots in naturally, 
uh, in like a 50-50 wrestling situation, I think he's going to lose those. 22% takedown percentage. Very, very bad. Yeah. And obviously, Chidi, uh, his wrestling is a work in progress, but it's not a bad work in progress. So, uh, honestly, it's just it's all about who gets to their spot quicker and first. Daniel Because they're both going to get oh, tired. I'm sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, Daniel Pineda and uh, Pineda. I think I kind of just fucked that name up. But Tucker Lutz getting back in there. How about this? Your boy, Tucker Lutz. No, My boy. Not your boy. Top Gun, Tucker Lutz. Uh, I believe it's been since, what, 21? Yeah, and a loss to Pat Sabatini where he kind of just got wrestle-fucked the entire entire fight, pretty much. He had his moments, but it really wasn't, you know, much to write (laughs) home about. He's a minus 300 favorite in this. Uh, This seems like a little bit of a wild line. I mean, I guess that, that makes sense. I think he'll probably have his way... In the, on the ground with Pineda, right? But I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I never trust guys coming off big layoffs like this. Yeah, and Pineda's Pineda's also coming off a layoff, right? Okay. He hasn't fought since um, when he fought Andre Feely, and he got over. He, he lost. It was uh, no contest. Eye poke, but also got. I think he popped for that. I think he popped for amphetamines, and that was almost two years ago. <clears throat> so before that, he got knocked out by Cub Swanson. Not great. Not, Not great luck. Yeah. to see. It. He was he was minus one seventy against Cub, and he had Cub walking on one leg. That was after the fight where Cub, I believe, got his ACL yanked out of the fucking out of completely out of place by um who the hell was it? Um, I was it Chrome Great? Uh, oh, Jake Shields in that grappling match at Quintet. He tore his he tore his leg all up, and then he fought Daniel Pineda after, and and he knocked him out. He hit him with a right cry. It's funny, man. Pineda was having so much success in that, and just you know, I think probably the the post PFL Daniel Pineda is just a bit of a you know fraud. But it's fun because the first fight since after that, the one before Cub Swanson, he was two ten plus two ten against Herbert Burns, big underdog, and he fucking smoked, dominated him on the ground in the first round, dominated him on the ground in the second round, and finished him with elbows from crucifix. Crazy. I didn't I, just you know something. I guess. Nobody saw coming the way it happened. Herbert Burns, big fraud, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, uh, he just eats. He just zero gas tank. Pineda, and he's a big boy. He's really big for the for the weight class. Um, but he gets tired quick. Has pretty much no cardio. Uh, he tested positive in the PFL of, of of all places to test positive PEDs. The PFL they used to call it uh, the PED Fight League. That's what people used to call the PFL. Said what it stood for. He's nine years older. Uh, he's not the bigger guy in this fight. He was much bigger than than uh, Cub Swanson. When I saw them fight, I'm like, damn, his back is ripped up. Um, Tucker Lutz is actually the bigger guy here, and I think Tucker Lutz is probably going to just do, you know, get to his game plan. Daniel Pineda throws a lot of spinny shit when he shouldn't, does a d- lot of dumb things, eats too many punches himself even. Um, funny enough, was plus 330 and beat, was the first man to beat um, Movlid Kubalayev. Smoked the shit out of him. That was crazy, yeah. but... That, that was when he was all juiced up. Not that Kubalai wasn't, but still. Um, <laughs> I just think Tucker Lutz, this is a pretty good matchup for him. You know, As long as he doesn't stay standing the whole time, I, I don't think he would win that. But even as Pineda gets tired, which is probably going to happen, he's 37, um, coming off a couple suspensions. I don't trust him here, but I don't I don't love Tucker Lutz. I've never been big on him. I don't think he has any good wins. I mean, his ever since he got to the UFC, it's just all decisions. Yeah. <clears throat> so... You know, the Kevin Aguilar fight, boring. Sherrod Blackledge, you couldn't finish that guy, or Chase Gibson. So, you know, all his, all his finishes are on the regional scene against guys who have more losses than wins. So just for that, I'm going to stay away. I think Tucker Lutz gets a decision victory, but not not my uh, not my spot to bet. Yeah, none of those guys are even in the UFC, basically, anymore. So no, I, I don't trust anything to do with this. I'm staying away from that one big time. How about Steven Peterson, Lucas Alexander? I know you uh, you were telling me how much you love the lion, Lucas Alexander. He is a <laughs> uh, big-time favorite of yours. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, what is the line here? I can't find it. There it is. Plus 130 for Mr. Alexander, minus 155 for Steven Peterson. I believe his nickname is Ocho. Yep. Uh, that's what it used to be, at least. These guys change their nicknames every time they fight, but... I don't like anything here either. I mean, I would probably – I don't know much about Mr. Alexander, but I would lean him just because I think Steven Peterson stinks. And what was his last win against what? Like Chase Hooper or something like that? Um, I think it was when he fought um, – I missed one, right? No, it was no, Chase it was Hooper. Chase Hooper, right? He lost yeah. to Julian Arosa's split decision. He, I thought he probably won that, but – His last two wins, Martin Bravo, you know, not a great win either. So yeah. Also, the guy before that, Matt Bissett, never heard of him. 
Yeah, no, um, yeah. You know, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of his any of his wins. Oh, Ray Rodriguez twice in regional scene, but that guy sucks. So um, he lost to Brandon Davis, Luis Pena, Alexis Harris. Whew. Yeah, I don't think he's great. Doesn't really get finished though. Uh, no. So he is he is six and nine in decisions, but he's only been finished once in his career. So uh, the thing with him is um, he's just he's just tough, right? Trains a Fortis, so he's 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 uh, around a bunch of good fighters. He likes a lot of different chokes, I've noticed. Um, I guess he hasn't gotten any in the UFC, right? But still, in general, it's, it's, it's obviously something that he went to before. Oma Plata, a bunch of guillotines. Steve Garcia, me machine, beat him with a guillotine uh, many years back. 2011. Whew. That was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get it. He's very, 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 very hittable. But he's also very durable. And I don't know necessarily if Lucas Alexander... He's the guy to I, do it. Yeah. I just don't think he's very good. He's seven and three, right? Um, I went back and watched uh, all of his losses, um, and <laughs> his defense in general is bad. His takedown defense is bad. He kind of gets to a stalling position and then just gets you know it, it's like somebody doesn't get they don't get him down right away, but after like thirty seconds of trying to fight, then they get him down. He doesn't offer much resistance there. His first loss was against a guy who pretty much had one leg. He blew out his knee very early in the fight, and the ref was wearing jeans. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Mr. Rohelio, Rohelio, Ohelio, oh, something. Gonzalez, rear naked choked him quick. Second loss, he got sliced through like fucking hot butter and armbarred quick. Uh, his gra- grappling defense is a mess. Uh, his striking offense is a mess. And I think that's what helps lead to bad spots like the strike, you know, getting taken down and whatnot. Also, he taps quickly. Joe Anderson Brito, I can't hold that against him because how good Joe Anderson Brito is, but he tapped quick. Uh, in all three losses, he's tapped quick. His wins, you know, what, what really got him to the UFC? A win against Jacob Kilburn, where he kicked him in the arm twice and Jacob Kilburn's arm broke. You know, I, I, what does that mean? Also, that was in Showtime FC, which is now named Anthony Pettis FC. Hell yeah. Ah, I don't get that one, but. <laughs> None of his wins are really good. He's fought against a bunch of bunch of bums that are just layups. Um, I, you know, watching him fight, I just low volume too. It's not like he's going out there and throwing throwing you know a bunch of strikes and just hoping for the best. I, I just don't think he's very good. Yeah. Steven Peterson, say what you want about him, um, but he's three and four in the UFC, two and one in LFA, one and one in Bellator. Uh, he lost a content his uh, contender series fight, but I believe that was against Benito Lopez, right? So at least somebody of high decent caliber, especially at the time. This guy is just not a UFC fighter. Maybe he comes out there and is the guy to put Steven Peterson out because Steven Peterson, you know, is more uh, will than skill. But I'm I'm not no no way here. Today I'm going to take hell no. I'm going to take Steven Peterson. Um, I'm going to take him. I'm really going to take him by sub. I really don't know. Uh, I'm probably going to take his sub is plus three. His uh, TKO is plus five inside the distance plus one eighty. Give me Steven Peterson inside the distance at plus one eighty. Wow. I want to put the fight doesn't just ends. But I'm going to take – I just I really think this guy is just terrible. I don't know if I can let you uh, do this without me riding in the battle with in. you. Uh, I'm going to hop on the Harley with you, and we're going to take Peterson inside the distance plus 180. I think that you just labeled why this guy is a fraud. Now that we both agree this guy is going to come out and look like the uh, reincarnation of Jose Aldo, and he's just going to absolutely smoke Steven Ocho Peterson. But I doubt that that happens. So give us, give us Steven Peterson – uh, for picking up that win against Chase Hooper, because I've been saying Chase Hooper's a fraud for a minute now, and Absolutely. you know now he's just going to become a, a, a goto as well. So Preston Parsons, <laughs> Trevin Giles, is Trevin Giles the guy who passed out before the fight? Um, probably. He's 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 been up to a lot of tricks. I don't remember. No, I mean maybe he was supposed to fight someone and they passed like somebody passed out. Somebody right? passed out. I I don't know why. You know I don't remember now, but somebody did pass out. But <laughs> Preston Parsons. Uh, what do we have here for this? Is right down the middle, right? Yeah, we right talked about middle, that. Minus yeah. one ten, minus one ten. Uh, I don't know enough about Mr. Parsons to be honest. I know I, I try, these guys are both kind of just like grapplers, right? Or yeah, at least so basically, somewhat, you know, like, like that's their that's what they want to do. Preston Parsons hits hard. Um, I know he gets some takedowns, goes for it, but he dominated Evan Elder in the one fight that we've seen from him in recent memory, right? Yeah, but Evan Elder was a one fifty five pounder coming up. <laughs> And, you know, he just, 
it was so obvious it was a welterweight against a middle uh, light heavyweight. And, you know, the one time we did see him against um, somebody his size was Daniel Rodriguez, and he got fucking run through. Tough guy. You know, tough, tough D-Rod's debut. Tough. Yeah. I believe he made it on short notice, too. Um, and, you know, he just dips his head a lot. He does hit kind of hard. He throws some good low kicks. He's a much better striker when he goes forward rather than standing in the pocket, trading, staying at distance, or even going backwards. Also, trains at his own gym. It's a big red flag for me. Um, <laughs> Trevin Giles Trevin Giles trains at Fortis MMA uh, with some of the other guys on this card and just a bunch of killers in general. Um, I believe Trevin, Trevin Giles is also from Texas, right? From yeah, he's from San Antonio. And he's a cop. So I know blue lives do matter in Texas. If it goes to a close decision, I think Trevin Giles gets that. I, I truly – um. I, I, I don't know what to think of Trevor Giles. He was a pick him against Michael Morales, and he's a pick him now. And he throws good kicks. He has a good jab when he's thrown it, but he's a, he's very inactive. He comes in wild at times, but he was doing well against Michael Morales. He had a takedown. He got into an arm triangle, didn't really have it in deep. I think he knocked him down, maybe a bit of a flash knock, knockdown with a straight right early early in the round as soon as the, first, for, as soon as the fight started. But he gets sloppy. His cardio is a bit of an issue. Um, he's just, there's been, there's been times, you know, he, he's been shown like a lesson. Jerkis Duplessis gave him a vet lesson. Gerald Mearshart, Zach Cummings, they gave him vet lessons, but I think he's in a different part of his career now coming off the win against Roman Delize a couple years ago. Yeah. The Kosuke fight was absolutely terrible and boring, but he won. He won a decision. He won every part of the fight. Uh, he was just in a grappling match with Mike Malott. So I think, you know, he's, he's actively doing other things. He's still, you know, training, um, and I think I think he hits hard. You know, I think if Preston Parsons eats too many shots, too many low kicks, I don't think he's going to be able to get his takedowns and, and get that smothering top control that he wants. Um, so just for that, I'm going to take Trevor Giles' money line. I'm going to I'm going to pick him the show to Preston Parsons. Give him the vet lesson. He's bigger than Preston Parsons. Uh, he's got the longer reach. He had he hits harder, possibly uh, arguably. Uh, so that's my pick. And he's at home. And he's at home. That's that's something you have to you know. Seriously. Who knows, right? You do have but, to account for that, um, though. Absolutely, absolutely. The fans and will be Preston behind Parsons, them. They'll all be losing their minds. It'll be crazy. Right, and Preston Parsons is not somebody, you know, he's been in, um, he's pretty much suburb bust, it seems like. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. This is going to be a big fight for Trevor Giles. If he loses this, I'm not sure how he re- recovers. Well, we're going to talk about a fight right now where it's pretty much uh, job. a job could be on the line here. With, yeah. With we have CJ Vergara, who... Although he did just come out and uh, take take out my boy Tatsuro Tiara, who I you know, he lost. No, he lost. Oh, he lost. That's right. God damn. He got armbar. I read the wrong. I read it the wrong way. He did. He <laughs> did lose. I don't know why I thought he took him out. So he did beat my boy Claydison Rodriguez, which um, I don't think he, I went back and watched, and I don't I don't know how he got that split. Um, I, I remember watching it live, and I was like, "This is fucking bullshit. Biggest robbery ever." And I've kind of forgotten it until I went back and rewatched, and there's just no way that he won the first or the third. Um, but he has good pressure. There's some things about CJ Vergara that I like goes forward, throws light kicks. Uh, but he's prone to getting count. He gets countered a lot. His striking defense isn't great. He is decent on the ground, but he gets reversed. I've seen him get reversed. I've seen him, you know, make some questionable passes or att- attempted passes, uh, especially the Tyra fight. But Tyra's, you know, kind of a different animal. I don't want to hold that against him. Ode Osborne lost, brutal. Uh, really, his only good win, his only good time. I guess the Clayton fight, you know, he did look good in, in, in spots. But Bruno Correa on the Contender Series, that guy's a fraud. Um, and his regional scene fight's not great. Uh, I went back and rewatched his Devin Miller loss, which was a couple years ago. That guy, Devin Miller, is 5-3 and three right now with one sub. That was the only sub he ever got against CJ Vergara, and he went through him quick uh, and got his neck really quick and took him down quick. So that kind of worries me. That worries me a lot against Daniel Da Silva Lacerda. Whatever you want to call him, I've seen his name be called multiple things. I thought he was two different people one time. Um, yeah, again, he's pretty much kill or be killed, right? Yeah, uh, he's yeah. got three he's been killed a lot recently, though. Three UFC fights, and he's been finishing all of them. Uh, first round and two of them. The knee bar was a bit of a fluke, in my opinion, but yeah. it happened, and he's in it. He he made a bad mistake. He he also has an injury by shoulder injury loss. So. Some bad luck. He's had a lot of bad luck. You know, I don't think he's beaten or fought anybody good, so maybe he's just a bit of a can crusher, right? But I think watching him fight, man, he's awesome for like a minute or two or three. But then after that, no cardio at all. He has really good kicks. He has good knees. He's a power grappler with really good subs. Um, 
almost arbored and rear naked choked Jeff Molina in their fight in the first round. Um, so I think that, you know, I like that. I like that a lot. And against CJ Vergara, who has been cut through by grapplers before, um, he's also been, you know, hurt on the feet before. I think he might be, more, he's definitely more durable than Daniel Lacerda da Silva. But I, I think there's a, a slight, slight, slight window for Daniel da Silva to get this. And I think he's, I, I think he's going to do it. Uh, I got Daniel da Silva inside the distance. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to take anything here. My mic is about to fall off, but uh, I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't trust either one of these guys, so I'm just going to stay away. Uh, I feel like but, the under one and a half, whatever the fuck it is, is probably a goddamn lock because the Silva doesn't really go minus two or five or under one and a half. <laughs> um, I still kind of like that. It's even though it's a little, it's a big number, but his sub number is definitely lower than his TKO, but he's kind of split his uh, finishes up almost evenly. Six, six subs, five TKOs. Um, yeah, I just think he finds, finds some kind of opportunity. He needs it. He needs it badly. He, I, I, I really just hope he doesn't like look good and then just fuck it. Cause that's what happened against, uh, Altamirano and Jeff Molina. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to take Vergara <laughs> round one or two. I just saw this on the sheet round one or two minus minus one thirty. Uh, I just think like, yeah, if, if the Silva, like you said, he's got a good two to three minutes in him before it's uh party over for him. So Let's keep it moving. We have two fights left on this card, or actually one fight because this uh, Manuel Torres got fight canceled. got canceled. So still not updated there. Yeah, Viniscus, I believe is how you say. You're, you're, this is Vinicius. your least favorite fighter, I think, in the <laughs> UFC now, <laughs> Salvador, who I believe fought the guy who they just gave that contract to, right? He Shannon Ross, who got yeah, smoked again. Scrub. Yeah, that guy so. is a stiff. So. <laughs> He, I mean, this guy's long for for flyweight. He's cr- crazy, right? Like, uh, I mean, he's only five seven. It seemed like he was huge. I guess Shannon Ross was just tiny, but he's fighting he is, Victor he Altamirano, short, yeah. El Magnifico. Do you like anything Boy. here? Um, do 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 do. I believe. Wow, kind of shocked at the line. Um, yeah, I like Victor Altamirano money line straight up. Okay. Uh, he is he isn't you know very young, so I guess the room for improvement is on Vinicius Salvador's side. Um, wow, that was loud. Oh, there you bad. go. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the problem I have with with Mister Salvador, you know, I, I went back and watched a little a couple of his fights. He got smoked by Jafel Filo, who actually is pretty good uh, on the regional scene. Um, what, what fight was it that he lost? Oh, he lost to a fellow named Elafranc Caroliano. He got absolutely dealt with um i think he owed him money <laughs> he also was plus 220 Christ. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with me god sorry for this metal clanging you here this you mic is wait. i'm gonna have to readjust this mic after the fucking you can't wait for yeah. this fight to happen Dude, i'm so i'm so <laughs> jacked up i got salvador by the way uh they had Vinicius salvador as plus 220 before he fought shannon ross and then he beat the shit out of Shannon Ross in the first round. Second round comes back. Shannon Ross is giving it to him. Yeah. And then he gets absolutely fucking demoralized and demolished and eviscerated and sent to hell. But he had and then he got a contract out of it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, that alone, uh, I saw a lot of things that I saw in his older fights that have just stayed with it. Uh, unorthodox strikes, sure. So that I think that can work to his advantage, you know, throwing like sweeping leg kicks. But also, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, you do that against somebody like Victor Altamirano, who's definitely better and a higher level than Shannon uh, Shannon Ross. You're gonna get, you're gonna get countered. Looping, very looping punches. He throws him from like his hip. Um, no defense at all, really. He's not good in the clinch. He does have good knees, like in the clinch. You know, he's he's got that long, powerful, uh, tall man offense, but he also has the tall man defense. Uh, he can get hit with uppercuts in the clinch. He can get hit with like sh- leg kicks. He can get hit with straight shots. And I think, you know, Victor Altamirano kind of, I don't love him, but he was minus 165 against Daniel Da Silva. Uh, he keeps his hands down. He's a little reckless. That cost him in the very uh, first minute or two against Da Silva, but he, he rebounded well and got him the fuck out of there with some nasty elbows. He has really good ground to pound. He goes to the body well. He, catch, he catches a lot of kicks. I've noticed that. He catches kicks well against Candelario and Hernandez and Da Silva. He caught some kicks. Um, and Vinicius Salvador, long, throws a lot of kicks. I think this is going to go towards Altamirano. Again, he, he does look a little messy, so maybe he gets caught. But I think you know the grappling, the wrestling, uh, if that's the last-ditch effort, I think that's something that he can use to his advantage also. He has four subs. 
five decision wins. That's pretty much what he does. But Salvador, man, I just don't think he's very good. Don't think he's good. He's pretty much KO or bust. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to go against him in this fight to start the start the card off strong. Give me Victor Altamirano. Um, I, I, why you know why would I do money line when Salvador has one decision loss and that was like forever ago. Um, I'm gonna go with give me um give me Altamirano money line plus one hundred. Eh. And what's his inside the distance? Let's see. Plus two forty inside the distance. Um You're gonna double. I'm down. just gonna go money line. I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna go money line. Uh yeah, I'm just gonna go money line. Okay, right. I'm just gonna go money line. I'm I'm very on the fence. But uh just just to play it as safe as possible because again, I don't have that much confidence in the, in um Mr. Altamirano. Uh I, I thought he was a lot better than he really is going back and watching some of his uh striking exchanges, so I'm just gonna take his money line, but I'm so tempted to like switch that with uh inside the distance because uh, Salvador does get finished, and he's. Pr- I mean, Shannon Ross almost got him out of there. That is very sad. So maybe he's made improvements, maybe not. Uh, we'll see. But I, I trust Altamirado to win rounds at the very least. That is UFC San Antonio. Quickly before we get out of here, I would like to talk about David Benavidez and Caleb Plant. Yes, sir. This weekend, Caleb Plant, big time underdog. Well, I mean, not for boxing, but just numbers wise. Plus, I saw plus two forty, two fifty, or something like that on, a, on, so. on some websites. Uh, what do you think here? I, I would just like to hear your opinion on this fight before we get out of here. Um, man, this is they hate each other, right? They've almost Definitely. fought each other's I mean, fa- Caleb families. Plant, everyone hates that guy who fights him. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I kind of like Caleb Plant. You know, he's come from nothing. He's he came from Tennessee, which is not a boxing hop hop in at all. And David Benavides is more of the you know boxing has been in his blood and his family forever. He's he was supposed to do this when he was born. Caleb Plant wasn't, you know. Uh, Caleb Plant's a dog. That that knockout of the year, I think he got the knockout of the year in 2022 over Anthony Durrell, who was a little bit past it, but that was that was nasty, man. Yeah. Uh, it took him a little bit to get that left hook, but when he timed it right, he knocked him the fuck out, and he got finished against Canelo. But what are you going to do? You know, who I mean, I I don't, I don't understand what anybody thought it was going to happen. Evil. He but... did okay. He did okay. He lasted till the 11th. Um, the problem is, I think David Benavidez, you know, most of the issues he has are kind of outside the ring. And, you know, he's lost his belt twice, and he hasn't lost. So, you know, the one was, uh, the one was cocaine, and the one he missed weight. Uh, you know, he comes from a, the, the son, of, he's the son of a boxer. His brother boxes, he's a junior. I think Jose, Jose Benavidez Jr. So boxing's been in his blood. Maybe he didn't love it as, for, as much right away, you know. Um, he gets a taste of victory. Uh, he gets some belts, he gets some money, and he goes out and parties. But he's past that now. He's always been a fat, fat kid growing up. David uh, Caleb Plants calls him fat boy, and you can tell it bothers him. Um, but he looks good now, man. As long as he makes weight. Whoa there. As long as he makes weight. Yeah, someone's I, sending me a 35-second, I mean 35-leg <laughs> Snapchat right there. What is that? <laughs> They're showing you – they must be showing you something. Um Something, something bad. Probably dumb as shit. Hit, hit and run or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Benavidez got he, he gets guys out of there and he hits he man he hits he hits really hard. He got Anthony Durrell out of there in the ninth round. Uh, coincidentally, funny enough, twenty three of his twenty six wins are by finish. I got Benavidez here. I think he's going to hit him late. I think Caleb Plant. I think sometimes it takes him a lot. It takes him a while to set up the shots he wants to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's going to be some openings. I think some of the shots Anthony Durrell countered him with. David Benavidez does that. I think it's going to fucking hurt him, man. He's got a nasty, nasty uppercut. Uh, I believe it was. I believe it was the stoppage against Kyron Davis. He hit him with like, no, who was it? It might have been. Uh, it might have been Angulo. He threw like six upper. Actually, no, it was David Lemieux. He threw like six uppercuts back to back to back to back. And you know, he's not slow for somebody that's that big and somebody that was more of a fat kid and somebody that struggles to make the weight that he struggles to make. He's honestly kind of. He's not. You know, he's not too slow. So. This is going to be a good fight, honestly. I'm just really excited to watch it. I think if I had any bet, it maybe would be like a, a – I could see why somebody would take a shot on Caleb Plant. I think he's quicker. I think he has a better jab. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. David Benavidez, 77-inch reach. He's only 6'2", but um, – Big possibility Benavidez I, just bullies him probably, right? I think he I think he will. I think he's going to be able to get a finish or at least a unanimous decision victory, maybe knock him down a couple times. I don't have a play on this. Uh, I might parlay Benavidez because I, I I think this is his time. You know he's given up. He's lost his belt twice. I know he hasn't tasted defeat, but I think losing the belt and you know he he's been ridiculed a lot 
by people over the years. Especially, you know, Caleb Plant is, is I don't want to say getting his head, but he's, you know, pissing him off. So I think he has a lot of motivation for this. And this is going to be, this is the biggest, this is the fight he needs. He needs this win, set up the Canelo fight. And, you know, I don't know if he beats Canelo, but <laughs> he's, he, he can definitely be, he's definitely the guy if anybody is. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not going to do boxing math and say, oh, Canelo beat him. So I think he should be Plant, but. I'm giving Plant a chance. I'm just going to say David Benavides wins like eight rounds of four. I like it. I would probably pit. just pull for Benavides just because, I don't know, I think that's a more I – mean, it's better to see him fight Canelo than – I mean, yeah. we've seen the Caleb Plant fight, so that's yeah. usually it's a good story. for parity and, and shit like that. You know, I love the story. I like Caleb Plant a lot. I think, you know, when Jose Jr. just walked into his gym while he was training and wanted to, like, start a fight, I thought that was fucking bullshit. I don't think anybody should ever – I don't think – Who's ever done that? Who's walks into somebody else's gym that's fighting their brother and tries to fight yeah, him yeah. and their fucking the cameraman and the sparring partner? You're trying to fight all these people. You're a fucking clown. Um, so I, I like Caleb Plant, but <clears throat> I just I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he has enough to get it done here. And um, I think there's a really good co-main, Cody Crowley, undefeated Canadian boxer. You don't see that many Canadian boxers. He has he has a lot of hype behind him. Chris Colbert, one of the biggest prospects at one time, took an L and now he's in the feature bout. Uh, big, big fall from grace. He's also getting in there. So pretty good card. There's some undefeated fighters facing off. There's a, a very good box, uh, Mexican fighter named Kevin Gonzalez fighting Jose San Martin, uh, a journeyman. So we'll see what happens there. There's also like a 17 year old. I don't think he's Mayweather. I think his name is Merriweather, but he's an, uh, a young kid who's starting his pro career at 130, 140. And those divisions down there in boxing are fucking loaded. It's like 155 in the UFC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be an awesome, awesome fight. It's on pay per view. Um, I don't know who's showing it. I think it's Showtime. Showtime. I think Showtime I thought I saw that it, makes but... sense. Um, Showtime pay per view. There you go. If you want to get Showtime for free, you get a thirty day free trial. There hey, you go. How about it? Uh, there's also illegal streams completely everywhere. No, just... no, no, no. We don't. Do no, that, I was, but not allegedly. everywhere in, allegedly. in the U.S. Allegedly. Everywhere somewhere else on Mars. There's a lot of illegal streams if you live on Mars. Um, so just hit up your local Mars man and, you know, <laughs> that's, that's crack. There's, there's Mars a couple always of, works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a fight on, uh, Saturday night on ESPN. Um, Jose Ramirez and Richard Comey. That's gonna be a pretty good one too. It's, it's, you know, ESPN, ESPN plus at like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at the save March center. Yeah. And this, uh, UFC fight cards earlier in the day. So if you're all in on the fight game, you'll have a lot. to watch. It's going to be a good night. It's gonna yeah. be a good night. It's gonna be you got some free boxing after the Basketball, free UFC Sixers that leads the into the Warriors. That's tonight. There actually. you go. But, that's you tonight. know, yeah, that's all right. Who cares? Warriors minus five to the bank. That's, by the way, yeah, they're gonna cook the Sixers tonight. So <laughs> that is that has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. That's Ty Capone. We will be back Monday or Tuesday of next week to break down everything that will happen this weekend. We do not have a UFC card next weekend, but we will have a full episode about WrestleMania. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, this is episode 100. I should have made a big announcement at the oh, beginning fuck. of the episode, but shout out to episode 100. We'll talk more about it next week because uh, yeah, we just absolutely. totally forgot about it. We're all business here on the podcast. so Also, pound for pound rankings will be updated after the Alex Pereira totally Izzy forgot. card. Yeah. Um, we keep, we, we keep were supposed to do it. Off. <laughs> well, like after this UFC pay per view, no, 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 after the next pay per view, maybe in the fifth quarter. You know what? Quarter, maybe we'll do the it. Third quarter of twenty twenty seven. We'll do it next week because we'll have a, a week off we to talk off, about right? it. Yeah, so we'll we'll do yeah, one next that's week. That's fair. That's Bye-bye. fair. Uh, I'm here for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. See you later. <laughs>